What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have returning and one of my favorite guests, Allison Charles, the Rockstar Shaman. Hey, Sister Queen, I miss you. This is the first time I've been on your show where I'm on an opposite coast of the uh, of the country. I know. How's it? How does it feel getting to live in LA? I know with quarantine life, it's you're not experiencing the full LA life, but what's right. it like? I mean, I have to be completely transparent, as I always try to be. It's glorious and magnificent. I mean, the sun <laughs> is out and the birds are chirping. And I have this really fat little chubby hummingbird that comes every single day to greet me. And lately, she's been getting so close to me. Have you ever heard the flutter of hummingbird wings really up close? I don't think so, but it sounds incredible. It's so mystical and powerfully medicinal. It's like, and it sounds, I I mean, it's so strong and you wouldn't imagine that this tiny little creature that looks a little bit delicate would make such a strong sound. But when they get near your head, it's really potent and as you probably know, hummingbird represents love and joy. And so the fact that that's been a main totem since I moved out here and she literally visits every single day, multiple times a day, there's just been so many, um, really miraculous everyday occurrences since I've officially moved out here. So I am very, very grateful. Oh, I love that. Um, what, what's the temperature right now over there? Oh, we're working with about 85 degrees, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's okay. full-on summer. Lately, it was a little bit cooler, but this this week, it's full-on summer vibe, so it's awesome. That's awesome, because here, it's getting up to 50 degrees in a couple hours, and that's exciting for right that's, now. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I'm in... as. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been bi-coastal for many years, but yep. having just lately in the last couple of months officially moved out here, I mean, I still remember, I still remember East Coast vibes, but I, I don't miss it. <laughs> 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 Got to keep it real. I'm not missing it. Yeah. I mean, to be excited that it's like 50 because it's 50 and sunny, so you can go outside at least and right. like, exist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I like warm weather. I'm I'm looking forward to whenever that comes here. Um, or right. when you can kindly finally get out here and visit. Oh, thank! I know. I I can't, I've never been to LA, as you know. I know so. it's crazy. It'll happen soon. We're gonna manifest this once once quarantine life is over, which is what I want to get into you now. Okay. It, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, the pandemic. There are many different words for it. 
But I love how you also call it a global awakening, which I feel it is as well. So I would love for you to get into what you think is going on on the spiritual levels with all that's happening. And it's not to say that we're not sad about the deaths and the disease, but there's also a lot going on spiritually in the evolution of things. So I want to hear your take on it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for entering into posing the question from that framework and and saying those caveats, because that is absolutely true. Uh, when I speak from the shamanic perspective and just energetically and energy orb wise, what I am being witness to and tapping into and feeling and, and what's being expressed to me from Great Mother Earth and Source and all of these things, when I'm about to share this, um, I am also very aware, you know, my sister is working in the front lines. She is a nurse uh, in the hospital. And while her normal department is coronary intensive care unit, they have switched her over to the COVID unit. And so I'm very aware of that side of things, but I am a shaman and, and it's my mission and calling to share from the shamanic perspective what is going on. So that's what I'm going to do. So it's really fascinating because when all of this first began to erupt, this uh, pandemic that I refer to as the Great Awakening started to really express fully to the point where different cities were needing to go on lockdown. I really took my time while I was seeing various other healer, lightworker, shamanic friends of mine feeling more called to be in an activated role on social media and like really going full force with like, IGTVs and live streams and all of this stuff, I personally did not feel guided to go in that direction at all. Mm -hmm. And I was really inward and uh, cocooning and really learning these new energy fields that were birthing from what was occurring on the planet. And just constantly in these various multidimensional states going around to these different fields and orbs and talking to them and really just kind of getting acclimated to the new earth that was really starting to birth. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm curious after I get done sharing like what um, space you got brought into when all of this first started erupting. But uh, as I was learning and taking my time, after I think about 10, 12 days of that, when I was sitting at my altar, which I go to every morning and I connect, I, I have a signature rock star shaman guided meditation that I personally do and also share. And you first go down into rock, great mother earth, and you connect there and do a certain thing. Then you take your cosmic light beam up to source star father sky and uh do what i guide you to do there but when i went down into great mother earth the second i took my cord into her she instantly started speaking to me and was really adamant like you i need you to step up i need you to start using your voice louder and more boldly than ever and she was showing me and talking to me saying this is what you have been talking about for many, many years. This is the new earth. This is the new paradigm birthing. It's just not expressing and not physically manifesting in the way that you perhaps thought it would. But this is the new earth birthing. Yeah. And it was so loud. It was so clear. I've actually, I, I never thought about it until right now in this moment. I, in all my daily communications with Gaia, Great Mother Earth, I think that that message was the most loud and clear that she's mm -hmm. ever expressed. And that says a lot. And so 
it, I, that was just very pronounced to me. And and it's not like I'm the only one. <laughs> There's been a lot of us lightworkers out there talking about this time coming and the birthing of a new of a new paradigm. Um, but she was just talking personally to me when she said that. So that that in a big picture is is what's happening. And then on a shamanic level, the planet is experiencing what in shamanism we call the void. Mm. And it's that energy field that we can also personally get brought into and our own personal earth walk. It's these, these passageways in life that we get thrust into where we are confronted with deep and vast uncertainty and unknowns. And that can happen when you walk into your job one day and find out that you are being let go and that today, that day is your last day and you did not see that coming. And that actually happened to me one other big voided period in my life that I had. I was working in television production and I was told when this current show that we're working on wraps, we're going to bring you on over to another show that we're going to launch soon and we want you to work on that show so i was set right like i i was good to go and then that same week when i walked in i was told that game plan changed and that that day was my last day and then there were other really voided periods in my life, which, you know, I just recently in the last few months got out of one that lasted over two years. I was instructed by Universe uh, about two and a half years ago to cease doing all shamanic events, all talks, all the outward ways in which my shamanic medicine was expressing and the way I was making a living. Mm -hmm. I was told to stop doing it all. And that was very scary and very triggering because I thought, uh, okay, I live by the calls and I will honor this and I will heed this call. But if I do, I need you to show me the way because this is how I'm living on earth is by doing these events. And sure enough, I by listening to the call to enter into that voided period, which I did not know how long the void would last. It was over two years. I got new downloads for new, because I trusted and because I stayed devotional to the spiritual practices, I then got gifted new downloads. I was I downloaded the shamanic uh, PR brand uh, mm. to expand my overall offerings as a shaman. And I was able to help other healers and conscious brands get out into the world while I laid low. And I was gifted all these other ideas for courses, online courses. That's actually where the spirit school and my third eye certified online courses ideas came from was that voided time. And I'm saying all of this to give really practical first hand real examples of when you are put into these places in life where it can be extremely scary, really overwhelming. It can drudge up a ton of anxiety and fear-based thoughts. However, if you can learn proper spiritual tools or methods or practices that allow you when you might get triggered or when the limiting beliefs or when the fears start to get drudged up because you're in this voided state, of unknowns you do not know where your life is going and you're like floating in this dark abyss with all question marks when you're in that state and you start to feel the triggers that is when you must go to the practices 
and methods and rituals, meditations, whatever it is to get back into your center line, to get anchored and grounded again, to, you know, lift up into more optimistic thoughts, whatever it is. And that's why this voided portal that the entire planet is in right now Yes, it's evoking so much fear, so much pain body, so much triggering. However, if you learn how to work it in a high vibrational way, this voided state is also the home of infinite miracles and infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can truly emerge from these scary times, like the Phoenix rising, you can emerge in your brightest light and in the greatest version of yourself. It's just how do you work the the void? So that's what's happening on a, for the first time in my lifetime, witnessing the masses, basically the whole planet being in a void. I'm used to experiencing it myself. I'm used to seeing some friends and colleagues go through it, but to witness the whole planet, it's astounding. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And you and I, because so Allison and I try to catch up at least once a month, usually more than that, like in the phone. Yeah. Um, so so I have had the pleasure to, through the different stages of this, catch up with you and toss back and forth what we were feeling energetically as it started, as it really entered it. Um, and because we've been having these talks though for years, I remember ha having to connect to you. Like when it started really happening, I remember texting like, can we catch up soon? <laughs> um, because I love how we often toss back our ideas from, I don't wanna say a similar place cause our brains are different, but you know what I'm saying, a, a certain type of consciousness. And you could feel as we started to really enter the unknown and that you know, it was working our abilities to surrender me and you and the collective. And that's what yeah. you're saying, like a collective void. You know, our planet has been crying out for us to listen for a long time. And you and I've had these kinds of talks where the way we treat the planet, each other and animals, it had to shift. And we've been talking for a long time, too, about this new earth that we were put on earth to help create. You know, so I did not also necessarily know it was going to go this way, but um, as it's, you know, as it started going this way with the virus and everything, it was like, okay, yes, this is how, this is a part of the process of creating this new earth that needs to be created. And I'm not trying to say that once again, in a calloused way, because I know a lot of people are experiencing pain and I'm experiencing pain. Yeah, a different way in my life that we'll get into later. But like, um, I'm, I, I was saying it on two podcasts ago, I was like, I'm here for it. I don't mean that in a mean way. But it's like, I, you and I've literally talked about why one of our main missions on Earth, you know, and things had to shift, things had to change systems are broken. And suddenly, not just the broken systems, externally but within ourselves they are coming to the surface you know historical wounds are it's it's harder to run away from the brokenness well yeah and that's the key you're honing in on the exact key because a lot of times human tendencies and when i say this it's i'm not faulting or judging anyone it's just 
the way some of our human tendencies are naturally is uh, the ego likes to stay in comfort zones, right? It likes to know. It likes to know what's going on. It likes to know what's happening. It likes to stay in what it what it thinks is a safe space. And this portal in time, again, while it might be so fear-inducing, because of all the changes that a lot of people are experiencing at once, um, you know, you might be experiencing a loss of a job and then maybe on top of that, you're at home quarantining and maybe it's also really putting your relationship on a different edge and then that feels scary. Like there can be an, any myriad of things occurring at one time and I'm aware of that. However, if it's it's forcing people to access into and and dip into aspects of their souls and their soul's truth and purpose that previously has laid dormant. Yeah. And perhaps your soul on a deeper level was talking to you before this great awakening what and what some people call pandemic erupted. Your soul on a deep level might have been saying to you, this job is not for you. This job is not for you. This job is not for you. And you started to hear it a little bit and you're just like, oh my gosh, shit. I'm hearing this voice and oh my gosh, as much as I don't want to hear it, it's actually resonating and sounding true. But if I leave this job, what am I going to do? And, um, you know, it's safe. I know what, what I'm getting paid every week and it's covering my bills. And, and I know that I want to go on this trip in six months and or whatever, you know, our, then our human brain starts going into all these reasons why you should just stay safe and why you should just stay in that job, even though the deeper part of you is prodding at you more and more and louder and louder to get out of that job. Mm -hmm. So now this great awakening portal, pandemic portal opened up and perhaps that job that your soul was telling you to leave, perhaps you got let go of that job. And I'm not saying that it's not scary and I'm not honoring the, the, the stuff that got evoked once you realized that income was now removed from your life. However, I'm just saying that now that you are confronted with this absolute must of a pivot in your life, you are now forced in a grand way to be innovative and to start thinking about, okay, well, shit, if I don't have that job anymore, what do I really want to do with my life? What do I really enjoy in my life? And you're forced to think of ways mm. to create a career that otherwise you would have probably never stepped into. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not, you know, so I acknowledge how scary it can be, but I also know the miracles that can happen through these innovative states where you are thrust into places where you are forced to transcend and you are forced to go deeper inside of yourself than you ever have before, where you are forced to face aspects of yourself that you have previously denied looking at. I'm not, it, it, yes, it can be work. Yes, it can be scary, but it's in traversing these exact points that I'm talking about that you birth your greatest version of yourself and you birth your greatest life. Yeah. Yes. And the people who didn't get laid off and wish that they did, well, right. that's an awakening moment as well um, for people to be like, wow, everyone else got not, you know, a lot of people got laid off and that's quote unquote awful. And yet I kind of would rather be that person. You know, it's, it's 
it's a wake up moment no matter what the situation is. Yeah, there is a way that you can start to look at this if you can if you can somehow get out of the grip that fear likes to have. And you need to be really consciously aware, right? Especially because there's so much collective fear energy activated on the planet right now. So you're not only may you might you be dealing with your own personal fear thoughts that want to creep up, but then you have to also, you know, not take on the fear of, of the collective energy. But if you can somehow, when the fear start to come in, not let it grab hold of you and not let it completely take you down, you can start to peer into, expand out into the field of possibilities and realize and let yourself open up to the possibility that this could possibly be your prayers answered somehow, some way. And if you can be brave enough to expand into that field of possibility and maybe speak to then, go to the next step of speaking to whoever you talk to, whether it's universe, God, great mother earth, ascended masters, archangels, whoever it is you talk to Mm -hmm. and say, I'm willing to see a greater vision here. I'm willing to be shown a vision of an even grander life for me. Show me the way. Something Mm. to that effect where you then start to draw in and invite in the support of the unseen realms to help you in this void, to help you in this dark abyss. Call upon the support that's there for you. And just it's this field that exists just beyond you. Go out into that field and start to communicate in there, start to swim around in there, start to expand your earth life experience out into that outstretched field and see what starts to enter in. Amen. Amen. And uh, I kind of want to get into actually before I get into this, I want to say actually and attach something to what you were saying. The last time we podcasted from your apartment over a year ago we were talking about how we often think, oh, our life should be different than it is in this exact moment. It's how we split from reality. Like, okay, I know this is the life and the now moment I'm creating, but I wish it were dot, 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 or it should be dot, dot, dot. So I think it reminded me what you were saying of that conversation we had. Remember we were talking about like everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah. And, and like, like dreams of like, uh, tropical vacations and running away from your life. And it's like, right here we are in this, and this could feel even more like what a disaster. And for anyone who just lost a loved one, that's a different category. I'm not lumping you into this and neither is Allison. I'm talking about a different kind of like, you know, unknown or like, where's my life going? I just lost my job. It's like, even though it could feel like a nightmare for a second, entering the space Allison was just talking about and saying, well, this is the life I'm creating and co-creating and kind of step out of that egoic victimhood, you know, and instead, instead realizing, like you said, somehow these are answered prayers, even if we can't fully grasp that yet, we are creating this. And it is a global awakening, so. Ah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I want to get into, because once again, the last time we podcasted, we did not, we were not in our romances that we're in now. Right, wow, yeah. (laughs) For you to share a little bit about your romantic situation that's drastically changed 
and then we can get into mine. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, and the the irony in pivoting over to this is is me aligning with my king, my God, man, this, the sacred divine partnership that I'm so, so blessed to be in right now. The two and a quarter year voided state that I was referencing earlier, I really attribute a lot of the energetic work and a lot of where I was at in that voided state and the work I was doing then Mm -hmm. is really one of the main uh, alchemical ingredients that then took me to mm -hmm. being ready to align with Luke. So it's just, again, another example um, of the infinite possibilities of what can activate and conjure in your life when you pop out of the void. So, uh, yes, I, I mean, my God, where do we even start with this? Because this is my life's greatest work really is, uh, the path of the heart and the path of love. Because if yeah. any of you have listened to my other episodes with Kate, we have definitely talked about how my spiritual awakening and divine intervention came via a previous, very, very traumatic and dysfunctional long-term relationship that lasted over 16 years. And, it was in all of that deep suffrage and denial and not listening to my spiritual gifts and just suppressing my true light and just so many things that were occurring in those 16 years that led to my eventual awakening um, and all of my guides having to jump in one day to lift the veil from my third eye and obliterate my egoic uh, field around me. So the path of romance and partnership uh, for me, it's with men, has been for sure the biggest work for me this lifetime and probably other yeah. lifetimes. And so I, uh, you know, once that awakening happened and I just devoted to healing myself and then in that devotion that awakened the calling in me as a shaman and then stepping out into the world as, 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 you know, aligned with my earth mission and heeding the calls that God and great mother earth provide to me continuously that shifted the entire trajectory of my life. And then in the many years that I've been on that trajectory, walking my calling and earth mission, I've really been single the whole time, all of those years. And for the vast majority of those years, for al almost five consecutive years there, I was celibate. And you and I have talked a lot because that's another piece we relate on that, you know, I'm, there are, yes, other celibate people out there, but for the durations that you and I have experienced celibacy, there are not that many. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a dry yeah. streak over here. Mine's still <laughs> continuing, unfortunately. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I really, you know, in all the years of being single and celibate, I really did have these visions and goals of wanting to align with my God, man. And it was one of the primary things that I, uh, at different junctures, was working on calling in. Um, and so... While I was working on calling it in, I was trying to do different things uh, to align with this manifestation. And some of that was actually getting on dating apps because I, 
you know, had been so against those for so many years. And I thought, well, if you want something different, you got to do something different. And I was really at some point being guided to get into that experience. And I was like, oh God, you got to be kidding me. I've been so against this stuff. Um, it just didn't feel aligned for me. But then I did a healing session to transcend those limiting beliefs. And I downloaded a couple of apps and, mm -hmm. and I could tell, I was like, okay, I don't know that this is where I'm going to meet my king, but this is activating some sort of energetics around this system that is what is needed for me right now. So, um, you know, I, I even dipped into all of that. And then I honestly got to a place where I surrendered and I thought, you know what, I, as much as it feels great to have this vision of, of living with my King and, and perhaps, you know, becoming a mother and, and, you know, and my King becoming, becoming a father with me, uh, as much as that feels so awesome, maybe that's just not in the cards for me. And I've been celibate and single for long enough and I love myself so deeply at this point and my life is, I'm so blessed, uh, being single, you know what it, it, I surrender. Like if that is what is my, to be my life, I trust in that. And it was so wild for me through all those years of doing deep work to eventually be led to that place of surrender where I just thought, you know what my, I'm so blessed that if this is what my life is and if this is what God wants for me, I am with it. Mm -hmm. And it was not long after that, that, uh, Lou and I then aligned and I'm happy to share as much about that as you want me to or for however amount of time but uh yeah the, the my partner who I am with now uh, his name is Luke Story and some of you maybe listen he has a really popular podcast called The Lifestylist and he's an incredibly conscious man who has is the most inspiring person I've truly ever met in my life he's mind blowing and um yeah, we were friends for many years. And when we met three years ago, he vi was visiting LA because he's based out here in LA. And and uh, he came three years ago to New York. We were speaking at a consciousness event on different panels. And he messaged me for me to be on his show the next day. So he met up with me. And the first day that we met, I was a guest on The Lifestylist with him. And we had a really powerful moment. The odd thing was at this time, three years ago, he was also celibate. So that's, it's so beautiful that the starting point for us was he was completely devoted to his personal deep inward work and committed to celibacy. And I was in the exact same. Mm. And I just love that that was the first moment we met. And then during that podcast interview, we both had a very powerful uh, heart blasting open moment where I think our souls were just remembering each other to a certain degree. And he was feeling in such safe space with me during the interview that he, for the first time on his own show, actually started crying. He had a really big heart opening experience. Mm. And it wasn't only until somewhat recently, I think during a meditation experience, he was able to look back and realize it was in ex that exact precise moment as he was opening up and feeling very vulnerable, he remembers looking, and I remember this moment too, him looking into my eyes 
And I was so blown away at the beauty of this man being so open and expressive and vulnerable. I was melting inside. And at that moment that he looked at me, he said he was struck by such kindness and warmth and non-judgment and being held in such safe, sacred space that he looks back and realizes that's the moment he actually fell in love with me. But we just weren't you know, we, it wasn't divine time yet. Right. We weren't, we weren't ready yet. Either of us to consciously be aware of the magnitude of what was happening all those years ago. So, you know, you just, I'll fast forward. Um, but yeah, we were friends for many years and then it wasn't until, um, I don't know, just a matter of months ago where I was on a trip out here to LA and I said, Hey, I'm going to be popping out there. And he said, what for? And I said, I'm officially moving out here. So I'm not doing, it's just to activate my life. That's the objective of this trip. I'm not filming. I'm not taking work meetings. It's to activate my life. And he, Mm -hmm. and he said, okay, let's, you know, let's meet up. And when we met up, he, that was the very first time ever in all the years we knew each other that he said to me, you know, I've always been attracted to you, interested in you, right? And I, and I was like, uh, no, I was really, really caught off guard. Um, and he was really genuine and I could, he was quite emotional as he was sharing this for the first time. And I was really surprised to hear that because I'd had no idea. And he was the expander for us in that moment. It was, it was because of his bravery and his courage and being vulnerable and sharing that with me that that opened us up and then placed us into this new energetic river of what could be possible for us. Um, I'll take a breath, but like, cause there's other like really pivotal <laughs> moments of how we actually got brought together, including teepees in the desert and sacred medicine ceremonies, which I'm happy to share about, but I feel like I've been talking for too long in a row. So I want you to say something. (laughs) Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. I just want to no, I mean, I, I, I was going to say what you said of the kind of bravery it takes, especially when it's a friend, right? To say, I have these deeper feelings because our fear of rejection often keeps us from opening our heart in that way. And I think when we take those kinds of risks and express our truest selves, um, that's when the biggest rewards can come. So I think it's really cool that, and it just shows you he's a man. Do you know what I'm saying though? Mm-hmm. Like that's man shit right there. Yes, man like, shit. Right, that's man shit to like claim that and be like, Allison, I have these feelings for you. You know that, right? Like that. I don't know. That's that's really cool. And I remember us talking back then because I've never met him in person, right. but I immediately liked him. And and you yes. and you know I'm not like that. Like, oh I'm, no, top credit. No, you're the first one to be like <laughs> to call no. out the other side. 
<laughs> it might have been one of the first times, right? That I was like, oh. I, sometimes I got, I would get even scared to share. Like even when I was I dating know. a little bit, I was like, I don't want to show Kate because she's gonna, she's gonna see some shit about this person and call it, call him out. <laughs> I know it's a gift and a curse. Like I'd be like, oh no, look at this, and the, his, I can feel that, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. So like, um, I, I felt such good vibes from him and the two of you and yeah I just think once again that that's a bold move and um all right so you can keep going about how it how it unfolded more but but yeah, I know and I love I love that emphasis too because you're correct because I I then got nervous after he shared I didn't instantly jump into this new idea because I got nervous about it possibly be ending our friendship. I thought, okay, yeah. if we start to date and what, what if we start to date and one of us likes the other way more than the other one does? Oh yeah. And no, remember that you were hesitant and, and you really felt into everything. Yes. You wanted to make sure it was real and that anchored because you've done so much work on yourself too. Oh, so it was the friendship between the two of you and just you wanting to make sure that it was paced correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so I really initially, even though overall the course of everything bringing us together has happened like lightning pace, this initial wave was very felt into and embodied and, and, and paced out. And so, yeah, okay, so getting to the next big juncture, um, so I don't get into too much minutia, but it is a fascinating voyage for he and I. So he expressed that. Then, okay, the next big bullet point was it was getting to be about um, the New Year's Eve time. And I messaged, he was heading to Costa Rica to a plant medicine ceremony down there. And I just wished him well and said, I hope you have a beautiful voyage. And he said, hey, you know, what are you doing on New Year's Eve? And I said, well, I've actually already got my plane ticket. I will be out in LA and I'm supposed to hang with a friend, but we don't have anything definite set. Why? And he said, well, do you want to spend New Year's Eve with me? I always go to this Kundalini high vibe gathering. It's really cool. And uh, you know, if you want to go with me, that would be great. And I, I thought, oh, wow, this felt like it was going to the next level, right? Because a New Year's Eve invitation is next level. It's, you know, it's who you're starting that for, for this New Year's, it was the start of, of a new decade, right? And the next day, January 1st is my birthday. And so for me, energetically, I waited at least five days to make that decision and to message him back because I thought, okay, who I am sharing energetic space with on that night is a big deal to me. And so I felt in daily for about five days and then it finally landed that like, yeah, this smells right. This feels right. This looks right. Okay. I'm going to say yes. And so sure enough, you know, he and I were a bunch, we're with a bunch of wizards and amazing, like Kundalini energy activators and doing all these Kundalini practices. Um, and it was so beautiful. I really started to get to know him in a new way on that night because he texted, he's just like, I have everything set for you. I've got your yoga 
them at. I've got snacks. I know you're going to be um, heading here straight from getting off the airplane. So I've got things that are going to like not let you feel jet laggy and make you feel good. And the fact that this beautiful man had like a snack pack ready for me and like the yoga mats all set up and just on his own accord, letting me know so that I didn't have to think about that or stress about that. I thought, oh my God, I'm starting to see sides of this man that are like, this is what I'm talking about, you know? Um, and so, yeah, we just had the most beautiful time. And the next passageway to uniting us was that night because he sat in front of me in between Kundalini activations and he said, you know, I'm going to do your medicine soon. And he knows how deeply reverent and sacred for me working with grandfather medicine peyote is. And uh, we had had previous discussions on that. And I thought, wow, he had never worked with that particular medicine before. So that was a big deal. So my first mm -hmm. question was, who are you sitting with? Because I really care about this person, Luke, and I know how vital it is to be in correct space with a facilitator of, of that magnitude with that medicine. And he said, well, you know, it's the funniest thing. I ran into my friend Sanjay yesterday and I interrupted him. I'm like, wait, you're because Sanjay is a part of my shamanic soul family. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you're sitting with Sanjay's teachers, you're sitting with my shamanic family. Are you sitting with Oscar and Vivian? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're that's, these are, this is my, these are my people, you know? And it yeah. was so trippy that grandfather medicine orchestrated all of this. I did not need to bring him in to my shamanic family, my shamanic medicine family. It was done for me, for us. And then I flew back to New York and I said, hey, when are you going out to the desert for that ceremony? I just want to, you know, hold or I, in my mind, I'm asking because I just want to hold space for him. And he said, um, you know, it's next weekend. Why do you want to come? And again, he was the expander for us because I had just gotten back to New York. So it wasn't even a thought in my mind that I would get another ticket to LA and literally like a day later fly all the way back across the country. Yeah. That was, I was not thinking that. So by him posing that question, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I actually do want to be there. You know, and I got a ticket that day, was back on a plane, flying back to LA. And then our very first trip together, um, we were not together as a couple yet, but our first trip together was going out to the sacred desert in Joshua Tree. And this was my highest vision. I had always prayed to be able to sit next to my God man in sacred medicine ceremony with my shamanic family, ideally in a teepee on sacred grounds. Mm -hmm. And we were literally going to do that. And then what occurred in that weekend, experiencing all of these highest vibrations and all the ways just through Vivian and Oscar, I love them so beyond deep. I mean, it's just beyond words, the love I have for them through so many lifetimes and they know that and through them facilitating um, and us being in on those grounds in this way, sitting next to each other. I honestly could talk for five hours straight about what that experience alone was like, right? And um, so, yeah, it was through... Uh, grandfather medicine and instructions through it that we had a particular discussion that weekend and that it was through the destruct uh, through that instructed uh, discussion that he and I out of nowhere like 
became a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so wild. So, hey, I'm so sorry, Kate. My cat can't get to the litter box. Can I open the door really quick? Of course. I'm so sorry. Maybe you should just keep that in because that's really I funny. Definitely, but... Of course I'm going to keep that in. One second. <laughs> so Jelly is Allison's cat, by the way, who's very, very cute and I think looks like an owl cat. But Jelly never fully warmed up to me because I met Jelly right after Jelly had gotten groomed at the vet's office. And can you hear what I'm saying, Allison? Yeah, now I have him on my lap. He's purring and happy. Hi, Jelly. So I got to meet Jelly like right after he got groomed at the vet's and he was not happy. So I feel like that energy imprint always affects mm. the relationship. Yeah. Because oh, Jelly oh was normally not like that. But uh, I met... Yeah, I met Jelly in a very interesting time, and it always kind of carried us through. But Jelly's an amazing cat. Yeah, he uh, he was given to me. He I found out after I got Jelly, he's a black Persian cat, so he looks just like a mini black panther. And it was many years after I got him that I, after my awakening, my aunt, who's a shaman, she journeyed for me for soul retrieval work, and my core power spirit animal came forward, and it's the black panther. And then I also realized after getting this cat, um, I couldn't figure out what to name him, and I decided one day I looked at a picture of my grandpa and I thought oh that's what I'm going to name him Harry after my grandpa and um and then I found out that my grandpa and this cat have the same birthday April 30th it's just anyways this cat is very wow. much a sacred guardian for me <laughs> but wow. I call him Jelly Bean now so that's why I wasn't calling him Harry he's had different names throughout his 13 yeah, years um, so anyways okay. thanks for that litter box break oh yeah yes so and I hope I'm not sharing I'm not I'm I'm normally pretty good at like not sharing too much but I remember with the peyote ceremony I don't think this is secretive when you do a peyote ceremony part of it is you have to be celibate celibate right no yeah. yes yeah thank you for bringing that up and yeah that was another fascinating aspect because um you know Luke and I both wanted to we both individually had obje- objectives of whoever we were aligning with. Um, yeah, the, the the pacing and everything being very sacred, including the sex piece. And so it was really cool that um, even though he and I were starting to get closer, um, we the only thing that had happened was on New Year's Eve, he did give me a peck on the lips. He did say can I give you your first kiss of, uh, and I just saw the hummingbird fly by as I'm talking about this. It's literally right outside my window fluttering around um, when I talked about our first kiss, but he, so it was a peck, but he and I had not been physical or intimate beyond that still. So when we're going out to the desert, we, we had not had sex at all. And yes, in the days leading up to sacred medicine ceremonies, Yes, you're to be celibate, like in in every way, you know, kissing, right? Yes, and after for a number of days as well. Yes. And we were very clear on that we were going to absolutely honor that. And so uh, that that was at play. And so we actually entered into committed devotional romantic partnership as each other's beloveds, having not ever had sex yet. So I just love that about our journey. You know, I know that's not for everyone, but for us, that's what felt right. And it lasted like you guys were together without (laughs) being able to do that just because of also being on different coasts. So 
it really allowed you guys to first bond on the other levels, which is really cool. Yeah, we became this wild thing where it was all through these natural, beautiful, divine cycles of life, whether it was my moon cycle and um, or, yeah, plant medicine uh, cycles that and yes, I was still uh, you know, emptying out my, my place in Brooklyn and going back there for little bouts. So yeah, for different reasons, we had become a couple and were together for quite a while and still had not slept together. So it was really, really beautiful. Yeah. Because, you know, sex is a sacred act and it attaches people, whether or not they like to think that, right? Right. So it's cool that you guys made sure that your soul's first even like danced well before you add that layer to it you know I think that's really it speaks a lot to the connection so yeah and it was so special too because you know we were we were realizing we were in this really energetic current that uh, was very much of God yet as we were heading out to the desert that weekend, neither one of us was expecting to leave the desert as a couple and so it just goes to show the miracle, um, you know, and for me with, with plant medicines, I always want to stress that I walked the shamanic path and was outward as a shaman for many, many years, having never explored plant medicines. And I feel you should only work with them if they call to you. And for many years, I didn't, I didn't know if they would ever call to me. And I was fine with that. I, my spiritual gifts were all activated and I am able to completely access into the unseen realms and speak to ascended masters and do all the things I needed to do as a shaman, having never once worked with a plant medicine. So I always want people to know that you can open up to your calling and, and open up into your gifts without having to, to work with them. It's just, they, they did start to call to me and a, an extremely pronounced and clear way. And I live my life by the calls. So I answered those calls and then it's really been through uh, sacred grandfather medicine that, uh, I just love, I just love it was through that medicine and, and the uh, love and infinite miracles that that medicine provides that it aligned Luke and I in sacred partnership. It's just, you can't make this stuff up. And for my personal life and journey, uh, I could, it could not have been written better, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm just really happy that you're happy. You're one of the best humans walking this planet. And you are beautiful inside and out and you walk, you know what I mean? Like you, you really do the work. Mm -hmm. So I'm once again, I'm happy. You're happy, which brings us to a sentence that I wrote in the notes of like opening up permission space for people to feel whatever you need to feel right now, because here you're in this really expansive place while Corona's running about. And we, you know, you said it first and I'm going to totally agree. Like, you're also allowed to feel joy in this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really happy that you're feeling all of that sun, that sunshine. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yes, and I, it, it, it's, it's a wild time, right? I mean, again, it's, it's, it's exemplary of the void being the space of infinite possibilities. And one of those is, all of us on the planet right now in this void may be experiencing any possible infinite 
uh, emotion, you know, on the range. It's like, uh, and so I, I, I do want to give people permission if, if you are somehow living your best life right now and, and through this time you're having all sorts of ideas or breakthroughs or um, somehow you're, you're so blessed to have, maybe you're the owner of a, of a hand sanitizing company and, and perhaps your business is not only being able to be of service for the planet right now, but you're thriving more than ever before. Or in my case, yes, literally 48 hours before this broke out, I had moved out here with the cat. And so the, the impeccable, divine timing of all of this. Um, You know, I am certainly not going to thwart my joy and the fact that I am in the deepest gratitude I've ever experienced in my life and the grandest love that I've ever experienced in my life. I am going to allow myself to expand into and to be present to those places as fully as I possibly can. And so, you know, just give yourself permission with wherever this voided space is taking you uh, emotionally. Um, Because for a lot of us, it's waves too. Yes, I am the happiest I've ever been in my life by far. But don't think that this space has not also traversed me into having to confront my my own stuff. I've also, my biggest wound has also been pressed on uh, a lot in this voided time. And so I've had to do really deep triggering wounding work and it pertains to stuff with Luke and I or or just like relationship theme stuff in general so in this wounded space um we he and I have had a lot of deep conversations that um you know are not easy conversations to have so I'm not trying to paint uh my situation as just like only one thing I'm just saying overall I am in the most expanded joyous state and I'm going to allow myself to experience that even though there's a lot of pain being experienced on the planet. Yes. Yes. And, and we were, we had a small talk about this before we started recording, but you know, also making sure people are holding space for the dichotomy. Like you said it, when you mentioned the waves of emotions, like you can be feeling joy and elation while also feeling fear and anger or whatever. Like, because that we're we're headed towards a place of non-duality in all of this. Right. And you can see even, I mean, way before Corona came out, you could see the split in society, whether it was Democrat, Republican, mm-hmm. um, racial issues. Th- there's so many ways that we have split one side versus the other. Yes. We're starting to enter as we're in this space. We can call it the void. You can also call it the third thing, right? Two sides to one coin, which opens up a whole new. Yes. A whole new paradigm. Yes. A new paradigm with all these endless possibilities. It's like you're allowed to carry more than one thing. You can feel love and hate. You can feel fear and joy, you know, and, and knowing that you can be the totality of your being, which contains both shadow and light. Yes. So. And I know in my situation, which I won't talk about too much, because I often don't even know how to talk about it on here. Um, You know, I found the love of my life, you know, who was my best friend in middle school. Like, there's so much joy just in the fact that I've entered into something that has also healed me miraculously so fast. Um, And yet there's also sadness and pain still because he's still locked up. You know, Mm -hmm. and like all of that is moving 
as quickly as it can considering Corona. Cause as you know, we had a date for a hearing that got postponed. Although I would love a virtual hearing. I know I'm like telling, I'm venting to you again. <laughs> I heard you praying right then. <laughs> You're like, God, listen. Hello. Yeah. Universe. God, goddess, like yeah. virtual hearing. Hello. Um, yeah, I think whatever, you know how I feel, but like there's, there's so much mixed emotion there because I am just grateful that I found my person. And, you know, with my journey that I've also have really been wanting, I mean, I think everyone deep down wants that intimate, beautiful, sacred union where you find someone that like just gets you. And that's what I can definitely say about mine is I feel understood both the darker parts of me and the lighter parts. Um, it's interesting because with my dynamic too, with CG, um, well, there's a lot of joking that goes in. And some of the jokes he says, if anyone else said them, they would not get away with it for a minute. Mm -hmm. And because this connection is there and in, we trust each other so much, thing he he can say things that I and I say to him like you I'm like seriously if anyone else said this to me like they'd be toast but somehow like in that <laughs> space he get like but he's also one of the Holly would be unleashed on others oh my god and he knows that that's why he thinks it's so funny you know like he'll say things and I'll be dying laughing while saying that's not funny right <laughs> you know I mean but like whatever I can't wait till he's out and you get to meet them and I can podcast. I can't wait for our lives, our second shot at life. Dear yeah. God, are you listening? <sighs> yeah. um, but we are, we also talked, I mean, how can I say we're in this global awakening and believing in divine timing and then not feeling that even this has divine timing, right? So it's like, I'm not just preaching that. I'm in it too of what mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not everything's aligning the way my ego wants it to be aligning. I want my boyfriend to be with me, you know, and yet I still throw up trust and surrender into somehow all of this is the way it's supposed to go for now. But that doesn't mean it's also not painful and frustrating. Um, but I'm, I'm surrendering, just like all of us are having to in this voided place. So faith, yeah, faith, I give you faith. Yeah, I give you so much credit, you know, we've been keeping in, in touch um, since all that opened up for the two of you. And then, uh, yeah, just the most recent occurrences and you're really, you know, working what is a very potent portal of, of life really, really well. And, and like you're talking about, you've let yourself experience all that needs to come up, you know. Um, the anguish and frustration, like deep frustration in many capacities, you know, sexually frustrated at times, I'm sure, and just other, a lot of other stuff, while, like you said, you know, just that deep prayer and that, and that devotional space of, of trust and surrender. So you've, you've walked the talk very well. Thank you. And I think you remember this, but right before I found him and before Luke, you know, talked to you about how he was feeling. Do you remember how we opened up that twin flame portal? Right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Holy <laughs> yeah. crap. That's right. We opened up a portal using the tree of life, the Kabbalistic tree of life. That's and right. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. And then literally, like, right after, 
you know, our romantic lives changed. So I totally forgot we did that. That was powerful. Oh yeah, that was powerful when we did that. We were we did it. Remember, we were both like, well, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we were on the phone and like walk guiding it together. Yes. Yes. We just intuitively called on things. I brought in the Sephiro, but like you know, you know a decent amount of the Sephiro and the Kabbalah. And as I brought them in, like we swam in them together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it and then you brought in your sacred medicine and like like I forget the total concoction of the portal. But we did it. So, oh my gosh, that's so trippy. Yeah, no, I know. I try to tell CG that because he doesn't know exactly how he feels about twin flames. He jokes about how like I found him and I like in the first conversation, like he makes a joke about it. He's like, I would lie in a sword for you and you're my twin flame. And he's just like, wait, Kate Wolf from middle school. Like he makes jokes about that. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, it, I, you know, it all, it. It worked. Aho, <laughs> uh-huh, sure did. Because here mm-hmm. we are. Here we are. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Once again, for me, it's just a miracle that I, like, found him in there. It was life-saving for both of us. So that's where a lot of my joy, like, I try to rem- remind myself of that when I get frustrated about not being able to, like, hold him. I'm like, you found him. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's you. Like, he yeah he was in a place where he's like what could possibly change you know and then he's like he says that he's like I was in this place and then boom Kate Wolf came running in you know Mm -hmm. so it's just I I pray to all the deities and thank them that they led us back to each other and I know you feel the same about you Mm -hmm. and Luke and just my friendship with you I know I say like our sisterhood but our sacred conversations and I say a lot of stuff like they're not just all light filled, like for on my end, at least I say some shit to Allison. Like if I'm triggered in a place of anger, I'll say my darker shadowy thoughts. <laughs> right. And, and uh, yeah, you don't always necessarily agree with what I'm saying. Like, I'll be like, you want me to laser beam that motherfucker? <laughs> like no laser beams, Kate. You're like, put the laser beams away, put the laser beams away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel that I'm able to really share so much with you and I know vice versa. And we we almost do like, we don't just catch up. I feel like we bounce back spiritual energy forecasts. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very yeah, important. no, we've, we've, we've uh, been riding these waves for many years and very deep, deep, real, real, real deal ways. Um, and I say that with complete certainty and uh yeah it's created a really powerful foundation for our friendship yes well there was one podcast we did with Roxana years ago called sacred punani and Ah. we we were calling in sacred penis then now we didn't know it was going to take years (laughs) oh my lord because we were calling it in but it took a little bit but then we did our our portal activation. Yeah, you have to reach a place for for Luke and I, and I'm not sure how you feel about you and CG, but for Luke and I, we both realize that in our own personal de- deep development work um, and ascending the mountain of the spiritual path, we I dropped into my individual sovereignty and he dropped into his individual sovereignty almost simultaneously. And it was at that juncture that God, goddess, was like, okay, now it's time to ping them together. Yeah. 
So it's like you you have to get in this deepest, richest, honoring place of knowingness of yourself for yourself first, and then the divine union can occur. Yes. And because I've said to CG, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I didn't find you earlier. And he, even where he's at, he's like, no, this, the timing is what it had to be and is what it has to be. Like, I'm so in awe. You say how like Luke is the most inspiring. Like, that's how I feel about CG too. Like for him to be in that place and have stayed so emotionally and intellectually mm. act and just such a beautiful human mm-hmm. um, blows my mind. Um, and for him to, to still be not in a, like I'm the urgent one in the dynamic, you know? Right. Oh, I, I don't know. I thought, you know, I, I compliment him almost too much where he like teases me. Cause I'm just like, no, you, you blow me away. Like, <laughs> cause he's so you'll say, I can't wait for you to meet him. It's just like, wow, eight years you lost your life and you still evolved, grew, didn't become a victim. Yeah. Believe in what you just said. Like the, the in divine timing, you know, um, pretty wild and pretty, we're some pretty faith build faith. How would you say it? Faith filled homies. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Maybe that's what this episode is called. Faith filled homies. We'll either call it faith filled homies or global awakening. I'll have to. <laughs> well, they have such different vibes. Oh uh, yeah, totally. Faith filled <laughs> homies is really funny. Okay, faith filled homies. <laughs> uh... Okay, sorry. I'm just gonna. I, okay, let me end the podcast before I just laugh at our own. Um, <laughs> right. We'll start. Yeah, forgetting we're recording. So, Allison, um, I, before we even say where can they find you, you just you're introducing a course, mm-hmm. so, and then you can go into like your social media handles. But why don't you talk about what you're offering? And, and that. oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So just this week, I opened the doors to my Soul Reboot Spirit School. It's an online course with nine classes, and in every single class, I guide you through the most powerful guided shamanic journeys and meditations that are very, very multifaceted. And it's so again with divine time. I recorded this course uh, right after I'd flown to move out here on the West Coast. And uh, then then the Great Awakening, the pandemic uh, erupted. And so when I was feeling in, how can I be of greatest service at this time? Universe took me right to the course. They were like, this is how you can reach as many people as possible to help them go inward, to learn how to trust themselves, to meet their spirit guides that are here to help them at this time to go into these guided meditations and shamanic journeys to get new ideas, new visions of what's possible for their lives. It's just wild how this all clicked in together. So the thing that I'm, I mean, well, I'm most proud of two things. Number one, the fact that this is a culmination of many, many lifetimes of of work. Uh, The fact that I can hold this kind of powerful energetic space uh, to you know, help walk you through uh, evolving in such a real grounded, embodied and elevated way. And it's of service no matter where you're at on the path, whether you are just stepping into spirituality and you don't know where to start or where to go, this course is for you. Or if you're deep on the spiritual path and maybe even hearing the call to shamanism, this course is for you. And then 
beyond the fact of me feeling so great about being able to to serve so many people in different capacities, the price point is bananas because when I was kind of doing the math of just all the different journeys and and what this course is valued at, conservatively, it's valued at at least $5,000. And my previous courses that I've done have gone for almost $4,000. And, and when I was feeling in and talking to Source on, on what I should price this course at, the download that came in was $88. And I was like, uh, did I hear you correctly? You know, I'm yeah. like, uh, come again. And sure enough, the, it just day after day, it just was like, no, you need to make this as accessible and affordable as possible. So even people that are, you know, hit in a, in a time financially, that's tough right now, even they can still find a way to, to purchase this and get this. So I trusted and I said, okay, so yeah, you can go to um, my Instagram. You can to to find the course. You can also go to soulreboot.allisoncharles.com. It'll take you right to the course. And uh, I'm not sure when you're going to put this episode out, Kate. But the the well, oh, great. Well, the eight, you can get the course for $88 for one more week. Uh, then it's going to go up in price uh, just a little bit. But I'm telling you, your these guided journeys will take you to meet your core spirit animals. It will uh, voyage you into past lives. It will awaken your spiritual gifts. You will also go into some caves and do some uh, work to transcend fears and limiting beliefs so that you can ascend through this time. It's just it couldn't be more perfect to be of service. So um, I hope if awesome. this speaks to you at all, like there's just no reason for you to not get it. <laughs> you know, just go for it. Yeah. And, and your Instagram is, oh, right. I, Charles, right. Yeah. Yeah. At I am Allison Charles. Yes. Yeah. So, so you can go on either the website or on Instagram and just follow her on Instagram anyway. Amazing high vibe posts and gorgeous pictures in a non creepy way. I said that, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe like 5% creep, but <laughs> a good way. Um, and for me, you guys can find me at the Kate Wolf, two Fs. If you would like a healing, I do them. I can do that. Well, I'm not doing them in person right now because of Corona, but I do them over FaceTime, Skype. So kwolf27 at gmail.com. And, oh, and my website's thekatewolf.com, just in case you want to go on it. I don't think I've even updated it, but anyway. <laughs> Go anyways, check it out. Yeah, just look at it. Allison, you're amazing. Thank you for coming on. Oh my gosh, so great to reunite in this way and to transmit uh, via the West Coast and East Coast together. And I love you so much. And thank you for always being such an incredible friend and supporter of my work. Oh, I love you so much. And now I feel like I can have you on the podcast a lot. Because, you know what I mean? Like, before it was in person, and even when you were in Brooklyn, um, it was like, you know, a drive. But now, I feel like it's going to be easier. So, I'm happy for my listeners that they'll get more of you. <laughs> you got it going on. So. Oh, thanks, girlfriend. You're welcome. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Say goodbye. 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.